Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jenny, it's not that I don't love the song, because you know I love the song, but in all these episodes, I don't feel like I have anything new to add to my love of that song. I was realizing it today. I have nothing new to say about it. That about we you? love it. It's the most beautiful song. It, it's, it's, Eli Braden wrote a gem. He wrote a gem. It's one for the ages. Thank you, Eli. <laughs> and speaking of one for the ages, Jenny, did we luck out today? I mean... I would say we lucked out today. Holy shit. I am for all ages, guys. Yeah, she, she, she's suitable for <laughs> ages five and up. <laughs> yes, you, I mean, have written, you wrote on Conan O'Brien, I would say, since the beginning of time. Since uh, the TBS show started. Since the TBS show? Yes. You are uh, finalist on Last Comic Standing. You have a new album out called Corset. Mm-hmm. It's Lori Kill Martin, everybody. Give it up. Shit, the Everyone. crowd is going nuts. nuts, nuts. Yeah. Guys, calm down, calm down. Don't be a welcome, 45 minute welcome. show. Guy's never been happier. He's just smiling and happy. And... He, he looks like he's just ready to rent you a sensible duplex <laughs> in the middle of town. Just... We we had a we had a uh, Dan Cronin on the show and he couldn't say nicer things about you and uh, I love Cronin I love he's Cronin. so funny and we we're just like yes. we, we we've been doing you know I think everybody when Conan announced that he was going off the air there was sort of like a I think we all just did a really deep dive I mean, everybody I know in comedy was sort of like yeah. training particularly from the TBS shows yeah, because right, right, we've right. already known the NBC stuff. Yeah. But like, I think there were like a lot of like, really, there's so many hit, I, I, there, there's so many gems that are going to like out, that are going to outlive all of us online, <laughs> yeah. you know, from, you know, from all of them, you know, wiki bear and all that shit that, you, you know, <laughs> oh my God. I yeah. just how it. many, and how many years was Conan, the TBS show? It was, uh, that was uh, like 10 and a half years, I think. That's so crazy. And then, uh, but I, most of my, like most, I wrote some sketches, like I did puppy conan and stuff like that yes. but most of my stuff was monologue jokes and uh they are not for the ages like well they have an expert for like a day and a half and, <laughs> and then, then they're and then bad. you're canceled immediately oh, 
Yeah, they're just bad. Yeah. I remember we I was just a quick side note because we I try to like tell stories over guest stories, but I, I was removing or we had to re, we're remodeling and I had a, found all these boxes. My first job writing for TV was for the old Arsenio Hall show because I'm old. Wow. And, and I found these reams of jokes. <laughs> And like like a notebook full, it's like, oh my God, I've uncovered gold. I'll be able to use these in other ways. And I just started reading through them. And it was like, how did I ever even have a job? <laughs> but if you need some like really fire Dan Quailburns, I am your man. I, I remember, because I'm old too, when I first started doing stand-up, I was, I was doing topical stuff. And I learned the lesson hard because I had a joke about, do you remember Jim Wright? He was the speaker of the house yes. and he, he lied about something. Yeah, was it was such a scandal that he had to resign. And I had yeah. a joke about it and it killed for like two weeks and then it went away. And I was like, never again, never again. I'm only talking about my personal life. I'm never going to politics again. It's really, it ages. Watch an old Murphy Brown and you'll just like, what? Oh it's my like God. Or don't watch an old Murphy Brown, either way. <laughs> and everyone go watch old Murphy Browns, like, right now. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, so when you when did you start stand-up first? Did you start- I started when... in 87 in San Francisco. Oh, my God. And what, were you wanting to do stand-up or write or both or what was uh, I didn't, it didn't even dawn on me to be a writer. I just, uh, I, honestly, I thought that was like a guy's thing. Like, I didn't know any female writers and didn't, it just seemed like a different thing. And plus, I was, I was really into stand-up. It's such a club, you know, such a dirty art form and clubby. And I, I don't know, I felt like I was like a dirty person and I, <laughs> And 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 comedy writing seemed like like Harvard types that would never go to a go to a nightclub, you know. <laughs> so um, I don't know. It it, it didn't um, it didn't occur to me until uh, till Colin Quinn started doing Tough Crowd, and uh -huh. and he hired a ton of club club comics, and I was oh like, oh, I could do that. So that's that's how I got into late night writing, I guess. But before that, I was just a stand up, you know, always. Oh, are, are you from the Bay Area? Yeah, I'm from Walnut Creek. I don't oh, know if yeah. you know it's the East Bay out there. Yeah. And and who like so who is like in your class? Like they're like when you were coming up in that area, like who were who are the comics that were coming um, up? Margaret Cho. Oh right. Um Greg Barrent. Oh, of oh, course. Um, you know, Blaine and Patton came yeah. out from uh Virginia, yeah. I think, at some point, a couple of years after we had started. Uh, Karen Anderson, who kind of began Ellen, you know, with uh, Karen Kilgariff. Yes, um, yeah. Uh, Tony Kameen, who's still out here banging around. We're going to yeah. work together at the punchline in April. We're, oh, we're nice. like really old pals. So the, the, wow. those are the comics that were pretty much um, my my class. Ray James. I don't know if you know Ray James. He, I don't. He's a really dark comedy writer, but uh, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> You just reminded me of Blaine. Did, did you read his like Twitter manifesto of like Rolling Stones top 500 albums of all on Twitter? I read oh. some of it. I I couldn't it's, commit to it. It's a long <laughs> thing. I I mean I definitely skimmed around 300. But yeah. holy cow! What a what a what a, what an achievement to do all yes. that. Yes, yeah, he's he's such a great joke writer. I'm, so I mean, there just uh, you know, he just he uses only the words you need, and he and it's Lake always so silly. You know, he's just yeah. great. Yeah, um, he's a, he's a great follow too on Twitter. He never doesn't make me laugh. Right, exactly. Yeah. 
who were who were the people that like that you looked at like influences of comedy when you got into it like i had mostly negative influences of people <laughs> i didn't like and thought i could be better than but um <laughs> i think that drives a lot of us I, that's, yeah. uh, there's nothing unusual about that yeah i mean you know like uh, dana carvey was huge in the bay area when i started like he was about to go on snl so mm-hmm. um he was like working all the clubs um you know, and I and I just kept following them all around the Bay Area before I started stand up. Just um, a Rooster Tea Feathers and a Foo Bars and the Punchline and the other cafe and stuff. And um, he was amazing, but I never thought, oh, I could do that because he was so good. But yeah. when I saw, you know, some of the comics opening for him, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, I no way, that. I'm worse than that guy. <laughs> so that that sort of that sort of opened the door for me. You know, uh, sure. seeing somebody that wasn't that good. No, I agree. I mean, I was the most heartening thing ever because, like, when you like have a dream. I, I grew up in Jersey, but you have a dream of like, I want to do comedy. I want to write comedy. It's like, oh my god, I'm gonna be up against the best of the best. And they're in, and, and surely you do meet people who are like, oh, I'll never be able to touch them. Yeah. But it's really heartening when you meet the people like, oh my god, I'm already better than they are. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you they have nice that. houses. I'm gonna do great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. So yeah, that that that's kind of how I got going, and then I, uh, I I was sort of a road comic based out of the city, San Francisco, for like ten years, mm-hmm. and then uh, I moved to New York, and uh, was there for about ten or eleven years, and then came out here. But I go back and forth all the time. I still have my place there, and I I go back at least once a month to do spots and stuff like that. So wow that's amazing that's amazing was it hard when conan ended i mean i I was talking to him was it i mean i to be on a show that long i mean i I have some experience with this myself and it's like and it really does feel like you know your family is going away and yeah i mean plus we i I think we ended early because of covid you know it just changed everything so quickly and i think um you know I, i i wish you know in whatever early march when we had our last shows at Warner Brothers, I'd known, yeah. <laughs> you know, like this is the last time I'm going to be in this meeting for the monologue yeah. meeting that we've done every day for 10 years that I have so much fun in with Andy yeah. and Conan and, yeah. um, you know, other various people just riffing. And um, this is the last time we're going to follow Conan out while he goes over the jokes one last time and offer, you know, uh, suggestions that he will bat away. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it was a ritual I really appreciated and loved. I didn't take it for granted because I'd worked on other shows, so I know it. it's not always fun. And so I, I always felt lucky that I got to be like part of it and a witness to it. And um, it was just so weird when it, the way that it just sort of ended. It didn't yeah. end the way something like that should end, in my opinion, you know. Yeah. No, I, I you know, I get it. We, we sort of, you know, we ended um, right before COVID happened and i you know in a weird way it sort of was a terrible thing to admit but it was like i felt like oh god my show ended and i was like bemoaning and then it's like oh and then everybody the world's show ended and then <laughs> yeah, it was like seriously? oh okay that's not so bad anymore <laughs> it's like you know but uh um but yeah i mean it, it, at least we got that that like we got the hugs in and the goodbyes and all yeah that. yeah so, i mean we had kind of you know there was like a very tiny opportunity in June of this year in California where everything opened back up again. Right. Like every year members like, Oh, we're back. Oh, yeah. you know, we're back. Like, like, doing plus, right? Live shows again. And you're like, yes. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
And um, and then so we got to end during during like like that two week opening basically. Mm. So so we did have some live shows at the very end, but you know like I, I last December I went to you know we have are we had pulled out of Warner Brothers offices, so we had to go in and you know get our stuff you know, from our offices and, you know, get cleared, you know, people walking in one at a time and stuff like that. And so I went to my office, grabbed my stuff. And then, then I went down to the studio just to like, take one last look uh -huh. and it was demolished. <laughs> it, I was like, what? This, it was so traumatizing. It was just <laughs> pieces of wood everywhere. Just like a bomb had dropped. And I couldn't even like, you know, we had a, we had bathrooms and, and, um, you know, dressing room and all that kind of stuff. Like you could have just rolled that out and moved 10 right. homeless people into it, but they just destroyed it. It, it. it was really shocking to see. It's horrible. Yeah. It's like seeing people walk into your, like your childhood home. It's yeah. like, I, I, I remember just seeing our sets come down. I was like, what? It was like, there's a whole life here. I get it. Yeah. 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 So I, I was trying to figure out as I was walking amongst debris, like where where's Conan's dressing room? Where's our walk to the mono spot? Where is it? I couldn't it's like even a tornado track had all my landmarks there. forgot. <laughs> yeah. It's like when a tornado comes through and people yes! are trying to sift through their shit. Like where's my pictures? And my yeah, even the grain silos <laughs> down. I can't even figure out where where what is north and south. Yes, exactly. Oh my god. Yeah, it was well, weird. Well, Speaking of Twitter, I, I kind of want to talk because you really like, you You know, you, you probably know what I'm going to ask you about, but when the, your um, mother was, um, and it was, uh, um, was dying and, and, yeah. and you were, you were live tweeting that. I think so many people, especially like, I really was like, um, I was gripped by that. I thought like, that's like a good way to, I feel like that's you, I feel like you found like a good way for somebody who's funny and like to process grief. And I think it like, I don't know. I, I I found myself, you know, just checking in and I talked to other people who, you know, don't know you and like they, they had the same thing because, you know, this oh, wow. is like we all go through this. And yeah. like, what was that process like? Was that was that spontaneous? Was it just like you're sitting there and what else are you going to do? I don't know. I mean, um, I had done that with my dad when he had died of cancer in 20. 14. So I had already done it before. Like I, he, he just came home for hospice and I didn't want to leave the house because he was dying Right. So, to do stand up. you know, like uh, I was back in the Bay area and there's, you know, a million open mics I could have gone to. And I usually just went out every night, every time I was back in the Bay area uh -huh. and I was just writing jokes and I was like, Oh, well, I'm not going to leave in case he dies, you know? So I just started tweeting jokes. And so that's sort of, I've done, I did that then. And then, with my mom, I don't know. I was just, you know, there were, there, I mean, she was old. So obviously, you knew at some point she was going to die. But yeah. uh, the fact that it was COVID, I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, are you serious? Like, we'd been so careful. And, um, and so I just started, I guess I just started doing that again because it kind of felt natural and, yeah. for me. And, um, and also, I, 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 at that time, I don't think there had been a lot of, you know, you knew what happened when someone died, but there hadn't been a lot of people saying, here's what happens as they're dying and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and my, uh, our experience was different from other people, uh, for sure. Cause my mom was unconscious really quickly. 
Um, but the whole thing of like not being able to visit and, um, you know, just I, I had my mom on the iPad, uh, Huntington Hospital left her on for like, like three days straight, you know, so my sister and I, we just take my mom around the house and talk to her and, you know, um, I don't know if she heard, hopefully she heard, but it was, it was so weird. Did you ever get in to see her? Like, I remember you asking people to write the hospital, which I know a lot of us did actually, right? I, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, but it was like, did you, did, because I know they relented it at a certain point, right? They did. A lot of people, apparently I gave out the wrong email. <laughs> that person got a lot of emails. So I harassed the wrong doctor. Terrific. <laughs> I made that bomb threat for nothing is what. Yeah. I, was wondering, <laughs> I was wondering why a podiatrist was getting so involved in this. Uh, and uh, between that and my sister is a psychiatrist, so she belongs to a women, uh, female women physicians group on Facebook, and they all they all uh, called the hospital too or signed a letter or something. And so we got to see my mom for like an hour and a half on Monday, oh. um, and then she died on Thursday. Oh, wow. So we got in right before she died, and um, you know we we talked to her and and played you know played music and stuff. And she did um, sort of, she tried to sit up and she opened her eyes and rolled her eyes up. And that's the only movement I saw from the moment she was diagnosed with COVID. So I think she knew we were there, which is great. Yeah. And um, I hope she knew, I don't know if she knew she had COVID, I'm sure she did, but um, I, I wonder if she was worried that we were there, like she's trying to tell us to get out. Or oh, something. Yeah. But we were head to toe and yeah. PPE and, you know, uh, rubber gloves and stuff like that and couldn't touch her skin. You know, just that, that I think back then it was still like, you know, we don't know and yeah. whatever. No, I know. I mean, I, my my first of all, if my dad had uh, woken up to roll his eyes at me, I would have known he knew I was there. But... <laughs> Um, that's for sure. That was, uh, no. Oh yes, <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> but I I had um, yeah no I my my what my daughter one of my uh, twins was uh, got it you know graduated with a nursing degree and of course that was in 2020 and immediately went to the ICU down at Torrance Memorial so she wow. was like, she, and I was talking to her about it and she was like yeah we were in the midst of that like how are we negotiate people couldn't see their loved ones we yeah. and it was like it's it, it, it felt like i mean it was like horrible so um yeah also I, how uh, mentally draining on all the people that work there because you know people are begging them you know with tears in their eyes probably yeah. offered them money please anything let me go yeah for sure can't do it Mm -hmm. and, I, and actually when when my my dad died of cancer in 2012 and i actually did the same thing where I just started kind of posting tweets about it. Yeah, <laughs> just, right. Just trying to make something funny. I would like get on the wet and dry board in his room and put like, show patient your tits. And then I would take a picture. And, <laughs> and then they would like hide the wet and dry board, you know, marker from me and everything. But I was like, I don't know if I did it to help me or just to make light of the situation sure. or whatever. But like, I did find, and I don't, I'm sure you did too, that people really responded and were like very appreciative of yeah you know, like making everyone else feel less alone when shit like that happens. I know you put, like, I mean, we're friends, Jenny, but when you were doing that kind of stuff, it put me at ease in talking to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does, because with your friends, you're like, oh, shit, I'm going to call her, but it's going to be depressing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But you, you know, I find, like, you can find the humor and everything. It's just how you do it. You better. You know? Yeah, like yeah. How, yeah. Did, did you ever have anybody, like, 
you know, try to tweet at you like it was, you know, inappropriate or anything? Did you ever get people like that? Um, nobody I knew, you know. No, it's yeah. never people you know. But <laughs> yeah, so I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would always be like you're inappropriate. Why are you are? Um. <laughs> when I when I was doing my dad's death, I, I did get like nasty comments from two reporters from Al Jazeera. <laughs> really, like, guys, you got bigger fish to fry. Don't worry about me. <laughs> well, Al Jazeera has a page six, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> They're like it's very inappropriate. You're like, but really? But is it what I like? <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, let's uh, let me ask you about uh, stand up stuff and like last comic standing. What I hear season about were you on with that one? I was on. Ooh, I was on the. I forget the number. I was on the season where the judges were Andy Kindler, Greg Giraldo, and Natasha oh. Legero, and the host was Craig Robinson. Okay. Oh. I think Felipe Esparza won. If I'm correct. Oh, and he might have narrowly beat out Tommy John again. Oh wow! <clears throat> how, but how was that experience? Because I've I always like asking people their last comic standing experience. It was fine. Why <laughs> <laughs> that spoke volumes? <laughs> that volume also just you went up like two octaves. Like, yeah, <laughs> I turned into Mariah Carey. Every right. It was fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I felt like it, I was cast, you know. Yeah, obviously, and uh, it, it 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 didn't it didn't hurt my career. It helped a little bit. Um, so it was it it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Like, you know, I always feel like and I've, other comics have said this too. Like when I get Montreal, it's the year after they stopped giving deals, right? Or right. you know, right. so I feel like when I'm in the top ten, it's the it's when everyone stopped watching it. Or right. I don't know. I, I'm just a jinx or something. So. so you so you didn't get the Dat fan bump, I guess. <laughs> I would love the Dat fan. If that Isn't guy, that just this he, common phrase that people use now? The Dat. He, he, I mean, I think he was a very young comic, not yeah. just a young person, but like new to comedy. Yeah. But if that guy had, and I don't know, maybe he does, but if he had just taken a year and just hired writers and come out with a, like just a bang an hour, that would have been, he would have had a, an amazing career, you know? Is that true? Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. He just, he, he seems like yeah. a fun reference that like some of the funniest people I know bring up. So. <laughs> <laughs> the dad fan. Yeah, it was, it was fine. It was cool. You know, it was, uh, Geraldo died the next year. So I, I was lucky to spend a little extra time with him, you know, before, yeah. before that happened. But one of my uh, favorites of all time. Maybe like one or two years later, but I was, ugh, yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's also weird to get judged by fellow comics. And I, I would also yeah. have a hard time doing that, you know? Oh my God. Well, I always thought it was interesting because when I first, I remember first hearing about the show and I thought it was just going to be like complete, like open mic type comics. Like, and then yeah. I realized, oh, hell, I've literally, I know all these, like these comics are, you know, these are professional comedians. So did it make it like weird when you know, like somebody is already, you know, selling out and doing all these arenas or so, I mean, or like not arenas, but maybe theaters or like you have people that already have like an established yeah. fan base. Was that like? Well, I, I guess it's it just highlights the feeling of insecurity every comic has. Where yeah. oh yeah, I sold out something yesterday, but I got nothing. I got nothing right. next week. You know, I mean, Joan Rivers. If you watch her documentary, she's obsessing about her calendar that she doesn't have enough shows. I'm like, 
You can, you know, this, of, of anyone that can just call a club and go, I'm going to be in town next week, right. and yeah. like the whole week, bump whoever's there, it would be Joan Rivers. And, yeah, and exactly. that she didn't feel safe uh, was really depressing to me and eye-opening as well. I also it's think also it's like, kind of impossible. relieving too, in a way, where you're like, oh, good, if you feel that way, then. I'm not weird for feeling that way. <laughs> no, I'm not weird, but it's also like, wow, it never ends no matter how much success you have. Yeah. And if it never ends, this thing I think will end if I achieve X, Y, and Z. And this woman has achieved it, you know, 10 alphabets worth of achievements and she, it's not over for her. Am I wrong too? You yeah. know, she obviously thought it would be over at some point and she must have lived her whole life that way because yeah. she died shortly after that. So she must have lived her whole life going, I don't have enough shows. Yeah, like what's that. the next thing? I do find that reassuring too, Jenny. Like, I, I agree with you. Like, when people who are like wildly successful are still stressing, it's like, yeah. oh, good. I'm not, I'm not like, they're, they're, I, they're, they're, I wanted to end, but then again, it makes me feel like, well, if they can stress out, I'm certainly entitled to stressing out. Well, I yeah. remember the first time I, when I, I, I sold a pitch and I was like about to send in my first draft. And I, I asked you, Danny, I was like, I'm like shaking. Yes, just I remember this. And I was like, I, I can't do it. This is, I'm going to hit send. And then they're going to go, what the fuck were we thinking? Why did we hire <laughs> this girl to write, you know, like write yeah. this pilot? And I asked Danny and he goes, it, every single time I send in a script, I'm just sweating bullets. Like, this, right. like okay, <laughs> that makes me feel really oh my God, a lot just, better. But yeah. then also like, I still, oh, this feeling never goes away. Fun. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it, it never goes away. You know, it also never goes away. What um, is it, Danny? Um, uh, uh, capitalism, commerce, um, you know, it's like, uh, you know, and for better or worse, it's the system we got. And fortunately, you know, you can do, uh, you can want to do things, you know, you can fight it and, uh, you're gonna lose, or you can try and like team yourself up with some amazing sponsors like these coming up right now. Holy what? shit. And the Emmy for best segue goes to. We'll be right back doing it, Asian. All right, doing it nation. Bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Always your continued source for sports wagering information. Bet online features live betting, free contests, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50, that is CLNS50, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back, and oh my God, how about our sponsors? Holy shit. I I'm am. Gonna- I'm going to buy or use or, or, or apply all of those products. I will buy your shoplift, whatever was just said. <laughs> you, and yes, you absolutely will. One thing we did, Lori, during this, we did a few Zoom comedy shows. Yes. Together. Right. Well, <laughs> now, did you feel like a webcam girl after a while? Like <laughs> I did? No, because they make money. So no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what, like, how did that feel to, like, I just treated it, I just started kind of storytelling and trying to make it as less awkward as I could. What was, you know, your experience? 
I think like early on, did you feel like it was kind of fun because we were, we were trying and the audience was trying and we were all stuck at home and yes. for a, while, a little while, we were all sort of on the same page in quarantine before yeah. before the vaccine drove yeah, us apart. We just went <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's good enough to like, I worked out some material for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, it doesn't replicate, you know, actually being in front of somebody. I mean, part of what's exciting about stand up to me is the potential discomfort of the audience and myself. And that keeps, keeps them on the edge of their seats a little bit. And something yeah, yeah. about all that going on in the air kind of helps you be funnier. Yeah. You know? I, and I fully know what you mean. Cause I remember like April you know, April, 2020 or something. The, and I, Flappers, and shout out to Flappers, they put a lot of those yes. Zoom comedy shows on. And and you're right, like everyone, I mean, I would look out and everyone was like fresh faced, you know, like you'd see some couple splitting a bottle of wine, <laughs> like really enthusiastic. Yeah. And then a year later, I remember looking out, there was a guy with no shirt on. <laughs> like, so this is where we're Danny, at. Danny, what were you doing there? <laughs> I was just trying to hyper It was pants. Um, yeah, no, I, it feel, it, it felt like you really did have to adjust how you did stand up. I suppose I didn't do any of it. I never did a zoom. I mean, I did like a, a speaking thing or I did yeah. like, no, but I, but the idea of like doing stand up, the one, the ones who were really like launching into just pure material, it just seemed to always like even good comics, it would fall flat. And the ones yeah. who I knew who were doing a really good job were just sort of having a discussion, you, you know, so. Yeah, I, I, did, I did one that was it wasn't through flappers. I, I won't say who it was through, but I just remember like the guy producing it. And there was a lot of people in the audience. I'm like, oh, great. Like 100 people. And wow. then I hear right before it starts. OK, we want everyone to please mute yourself so the comics can hear the, you know, themselves. And I'm like, perfect. Oh. So, so dead silence. <laughs> That, that started happening a lot because people people at first weren't muting themselves, so every noise was coming through, so they right. would be embarrassed, and then then everyone muted themselves. Right. <laughs> Being told, everyone, please mute yourself. I'm like, oh, fantastic. This so is, wrong. This is going to really make me feel good about this. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I want to hear, before we talk about the stuff that we're, uh, we've are we been watching, which is a, a, a just, it's a key component of the show that people seem to go nuts for. I mean, yeah, they love it. they're love thirsty it. for it. But um, I want to hear about the album. Tell me how that came about, where you recorded, how, yeah, I want to, like, let's promote the fuck out of this thing. Let's promote it. Um, it's number three on iTunes right now. Holy shit. Hold on. It was number one for a day. And then okay. Bo Burnham, that alpha, clawed his way back on top. Right. Oh, and then I was trading. So I've been trading places with Ninja Sex Party, which is a comedy. <laughs> Ninja Sex Party? Your, what yes. is your nemesis, Ninja Sex Party? <laughs> and then at one point I was just just ahead of, and I love that this person exists, uh, a co comedic musician called Wendy Ho. She, her, her headshot is she's sitting on a toilet and her album is called Greatest Shits. So I, oh. she and right. I are head to head. Well, you must run into her auditions all the time. 
She's one step ahead of you, that damn window. So it's been fun to watch that. And then all the rest of like the top 15 or 20 are a lot of old albums, like Dane Cook, Harmful of Swallowed and stuff. And it feels like it feels like the people that are buying albums are like 48-year-old white men who want to download the thing they loved when they were 20. You know, it's, it's a lot of old stuff. It's weird. Uh, weird out, let some old weird out. Like people, current people that are currently making albums, but their their early stuff. So strange. Let's see. I I recorded it uh, in November of 2020 at the San Francisco Punchline. Oh, fun. Uh, no, I'm sorry, October. And um and then I like I don't know if you're like this way as well, Jenny. Couldn't listen to the sound of my voice for a year and a half. Uh-huh. Uh, could not could not sit down and actually pick cuts and stuff like that yeah. um and then i i don't know i guess i finally got through it and uh 800 pound gorilla uh put it out and uh that's that i guess wow that's awesome. that's, that's amazing and it's a so how long has it been out we got like what 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 we're number oh, two like on iTunes. two weeks holy it's, cow we well, gotta called, get this and sure. name one more time for everybody it's called corset and i called it that because at the time i recorded it it, it kind of covered material written uh from the last five years, which I had spent living with a, a an eight, eight to 12 year old boy as he grew mm-hmm. and a 78 to 82 year old mother. And so I felt like I was being squeezed so tightly I couldn't breathe. And so I decided that's what it feels like to be in a corset. And so that's why I named it that. But there's that. like a lot of material about me, you know, wanting my mom to die. <laughs> <laughs> And guys, my dream came true. That's a good part. Um, so, so, so do it at Nation, you know, just you believe, believe and your believe. heart is pure. Dreams will come true. <laughs> she was a lot. She was a lot. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so, the, you know, it covers it covers a lot of that kind of stuff. And I have a very dark sense of humor. And so, you know, which is why I'm such a big fan. Is this your son or just somebody you picked up on the street? It is my son. It okay, good, good, good. I'm clear. So, yeah, that's that. That's good. how old is he now? He's 15 now. Oh yeah. my God, that's a good age, right? It's a great age, and it's so weird. I mean, I don't know if you do. Are your kids younger, Danny? Are they? No, my kid, my youngest is going to be uh, 21 in December. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel like the kids that were in quarantine, like during, during these tween years, they are like two years younger biologically than they think they are because they I, just missed, my kid missed eighth grade, which is the most toxic grade in America. Of course. He's half of seventh. So he's like wow. still sort of kind of bouncy and happy. And he, he does, he's not a brooding teenager, freshman in high school, like I thought he would be, you know, and I, his friends are sort of dorky in that same way. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it definitely took a toll. I mean, it was one of the, I mean, I thank God, as hard as it, you know, was for everything, you know, my, one of my daughters finished college or like just the last semester at, at, at home. And my son, you know, was a, a, a sophomore, I guess, at, a, um, uh, um, at UCLA, but it's so different when you're like, they even, you know, t- t- that separation also I had no responsibility for educating my college age children. Right, like, yeah. Had to be there and like, are they going to do, you know, that's hard. That's oh, hard. I'm not there for him at all. Oh, good to hear. <laughs> that makes me feel so much better. <laughs> He's a C slash D student. No, I did say you can't get D's. You, yeah. I, you know, I, I feel like, I don't know. Lot. I feel like kids are who they are. And so for me to, 
like, you know, be really strict on an artistic kid who hates school. It's, I don't want to make him miserable. And, um, you know, I know other people that their kids were born straight A students, you know, and yeah. they like it. And I just have a different kid. So I just, my motto is just keep it a C. Please keep it above a C. Yeah. I know you can do that. Wow, quite the tiger mom over here. Calm down. <laughs> uh, no, I had three. And so I got to like I like my the youngest, my son, actually turned out to be like the the, the straight A guy. Yeah. And it's like, so I it was like, okay, cool. I finally got one. Because my daughters <laughs> were idiots. Um, uh, uh, they're fine. And now one of them's an ICU nurse. Yeah, no, she actually <laughs> she's fine. You're in great hands. Um <laughs> Uh, um, but I can't stop thinking about it, actually that he half of seventh grade and all of eighth grade was missed. Yeah, like those are puberty, like the a full on puberty, like slow dances with girl, all that kind of stuff. All yes. the nightmare years. Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember I was just I didn't start my period till I was like a month before I was 16. I was like a super late bloomer. Wow. So eighth grade, Damn. I was like, sweet. I got the body of a 12 year old boy. <laughs> this dance. Like all the emotional trauma that comes. Oh, yeah. At least he missed out on that. Yeah, I'm kind of glad he did. Yeah. So, so he's like uh, blissfully ignorant to all the mean <laughs> things that could have happened. Um, well, okay, so let's get to it. Let's get to the much advertised thing. Uh, yeah. um, Lori, what, 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 what are the things you've been watching that you want to recommend or like or hate watching or things like that? Let's see. I will, what I'm watching with my, I watch a lot of anime with my kid. I started doing that during the um, pandemic. So um, I just, I've already watched it twice and I, and I was just up with my uh, sister. So I was trying to get her kids into it. It's called Attack on Titan. My daughter... And my both of my daughters love that. It's my incredible. Daughter, Have you watched it? No, I gotta watch. I heard it's amazing. It's incredible. And and you know, season one and two, you're we got your protagonist, and then season three, they switch the whole thing around and they start with the people that you hated. And by the end of it, you're like, uh, I love all of them. It's it's incredible uh how they how they 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 pivot your point of view you know i'm literally going to call her after this because she's trying to get me watching and i'm going to tell her about it. it's great and <laughs> then uh so i'm just gonna the, the uh the end of this the final season's coming up pretty soon i forget when so uh but i but i recommend watching the whole thing obviously and then we just started this anime called the 86 and mm -hmm. it's about um uh, this group of uh, like it's there it's there's a kingdom of pure white people with gray hair uh -huh. silver hair uh -huh. and they have these group uh, they have another group of people called the 86 who are dirty right and uh -huh. they, they're kicked out of the kingdom but the 86 are sent to fight people uh, another country that's attacking the pure country i guess and um and a woman inside the 86 is uh, a commander of the 86. And I think I'm explaining this really poorly. No, I'm getting it. Because I'm actually confused with what I'm saying. But it's so good. And there's like these, I, oh, I, I don't know. I, 
and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but it seems like a lot of Japanese anime has allusions to World War II and and yes. and, 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 and is Attack on Titan, especially with atomic bombs. You know, you're like, oh yeah, I you know, like you yeah. see how this reverberated in the culture for you know for generations. Yeah, the, the way we go on about 9/11, they said a nuclear <laughs> attack it, that we caused. It, 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 it feels it feels fair. We go on about <laughs> yeah, I am doing a terrible job explaining the 86, but it's really good and if you start it now you're not gonna be too far behind you're not, you're not gonna have more than a season and a quarter to oh, catch I'm, up i'm gonna ask her about that too i'm gonna watch yeah. that together too um I'll, well, no, that'll leave that'll leave anything else or is that good oh uh, and then you know succession of course i'm I, sure I, that's where i was gonna go to next yeah. but before well, i go yeah. to that i just i'll go i like i watched with my daughter one of my favorite um anime series was this is only i think i don't know if they're like 13 or 15 episodes maybe 20 of a show called uh, paranoia agent oh is, i haven't seen that oh my god it is so trippy it has to deal with like mass delusion like there's this like somebody who's attacking in tokyo called shojin bat and he's like this kid on skateboard like bats people but is it a delusion and everybody seems to be having it and it's just it's so so trippy it was by the guy his name i'm forgetting who directed that movie paprika and um another anime which is fantastic and and perfect blue so i'm like i i'm I, i'm gonna uh but i'm gonna watch, i'm gonna watch your recommendations succession has been so good though i, I don't want to so spoil it but holy shit i have enjoyed I, I just, I can't wait for it. And last week was, are you caught up? It's so. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just been so um, amazing. It's and so then, good. It's all, it's so fun to have something to look forward to, like a show oh every my God. week. Yeah. You know, like I'm we're like so binge watch spoiled. I know. Everything. It's like fun to actually wait and go, oh, a new episode's dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to have to jump off Twitter because yeah. the <laughs> succession is weighing in. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I don't want any spoiler alerts. Uh, you know what I've noticed is is um, Shiv, the character of Shiv yeah. is oh, obviously she's American, but she uses a lot of British sayings and phrasing. And yeah. I'm wondering, like, are they, you know, because obviously it's written by a British guy. Yeah, is, but British there's a ton of life. Americans on it too. So I, I I just wonder why no one's stopping her. Or, or there, or I guess the character's written that way. And no one's saying, "Hey, I don't know that an American would phrase it that way." Because um, I, I, really I, I had the same thought, and I, she's Australian, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then, and but it's written by Brits, and yeah, a yeah. lot of that stuff. It's sort of like for me because I've heard this pointed out too, and I noticed that. Um, but I think because you think of them as so patrician, yeah, that maybe it like like in that. I don't know. In I that way, maybe they were like sent off to school or something. I don't know, but it's maybe, and, they, and maybe they picked up on maybe that that sort of Madonna hybrid. Oh God! <laughs> but they they they'll they'll say yeah at the end of a sentence. I know. Right, which I'm like that is so British. It's it's a, such a tick that I, yeah. I I I they must know they're doing it and it doesn't sound exactly right to American ears, but they don't care or something. Right. I don't know. No, uh, I love it. That show is so great. Yeah. What about what about you, Jen? I just finished what we do in the shadows. Oh my god. Love it. Love how, it. How Colin good. Robinson loved it. It's <laughs> have you watched it yet, Lori? No, I'm I haven't. You, I'm telling you, it is without a doubt the best comedy on TV right now. I've heard yeah, it's it's on my list. Um Dope Sick, I'm about halfway through. 
How is oh, that? I really want to see that. It's really good. It's yeah. really, really good. You know, it's a good, I guess, companion piece to um, the documentary. Prime on of the Century. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, and Michael Keaton plays a, like an Appalachian based doctor. Yeah. I mean, um, and it, I he goes Michael through an incredible Keaton. arc and uh, he's so good. It's really good. It's really good. And it, you know, again, like you just can't believe this was allowed to happen. I know, it's, <laughs> I don't know. it's like you can and you can't like yeah. there's a part of me that goes yeah i could see you yeah, and, uh, and it's so because because like people are you know there's the anti-vax crew is so distrustful of the government and then you watch this and you're like well yeah i mean the fda kind of allowed this this thing to happen so i yeah. get it but then they're like, well, we'll we'll take the vaccine if it's FDA approved. But wait, I don't know. It's also nothing is nothing is a straight line anymore. You know, it's right. It's weird. It's wild. It's upsetting because um, then you go like, well, who do you trust then? Yeah. Are we just untrustworthy of everyone? Like at some yeah. point, what's the where do you draw the line? Yeah. There you go. It's so it's a messed up world. That's that's and by the way, that's the theme of today's episode. It's a messed up world. <laughs> um. Well, Lori, I mean, what can I say that hasn't been said in this podcast already? Like, <laughs> um, we're well, thank you for having me. What a delightful duo you are. So cool. Dynamic, I might add. You know, we, so, you know, sometimes, you know, we're always thrilled at our guests, but sometimes it's a genuine thrill and we're genuinely thrilled that you were here today. Oh so. my gosh. Thank Absolutely. you for asking. <laughs> Very excited <laughs> to have you on. And we will make sure to add the link to your special. Oh, yep. cool. Right on. On. The, on the besides, is there anything else you want to plug? Uh, I wrote a book called Dead People Suck. It's um, it's about <laughs> it's about my dad dying of cancer. It's comedy about hospice and cancer and grief and stuff like that. If anyone is into that, uh, otherwise, just talk on the old album. I will fully read that because we're going to link to that as well. <laughs> <laughs> like cancer hospice? Heck yeah. Oh, yeah! Our dads died of cancer. Whatevs. <laughs> dead dad crew. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Rolling again. <laughs> but, uh, but thank you, Doing It Nation, again, for joining us. I mean, who knows? I can't promise we're going to talk to this week's guest, and but <laughs> we're going to try our damn hardest next week. <laughs> thank you, Lori Kilmartin. Thank you, Doing It Nation. Thank you. Thank you.